Man, Zion 360 windmills his way into controversy. The Warriors and the Celtics face off in a finals rematch. And Giannis says an all-international team would destroy the USA team. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. Nice intro, man. Oh, thanks, dude. John, how are you, man? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good, dude. And of course, Sammy. How you living, my friend? I am good, my man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good once again. And you know, boys, we have some basketball news here. We're going to talk about the Pelicans versus the Suns. They went, I guess they went two games over the course of three days. And I wanted to ask you guys about this late game dunk that Zion Williamson had. I guess with only a few seconds left, the game was well at hand. Zion had the most nasty breakaway dunk with no one around him, which later ensued in a fight between the two benches. I want to ask you guys, was this unnecessary? Was it uncalled for? Was it unsportsmanlike by Zion Williamson? Emotional, damn it! I was fine with it. I, I I don't mind throwing that on at the end. And Zion commented afterward that he remembered, even though he wasn't playing, who knocked his team out the year before. And it's funny, man. For for as good as Phoenix has been the last couple of years, that is a sensitive group. You know, they they got to work out after the game, put it up on Twitter. Someone <laughs> like they, they got to do all that, right? Someone dunks on him at the end of the game. They got to start talking again. It's just like. Just, just let it go. Let, less workouts on Twitter. A little more playoff success. How about that, fellas? How about that? I'm not in my back. I what loved do you think? it. I absolutely loved it. I, th- I think... I- I'm with Sammy. I think we're getting a little too... What's the what's the uh, soundboard? Sensitive. I, I think... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... Is it really that much of a big deal? And I don't like all the 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 chest puffing and all of the smack talking afterwards as if you're going to do anything, right? Nobody wants to get suspended. No one wants... They're just putting on this this front that, oh, I'm a tough guy. But the reality is, what does JJ always say on these, on these episodes, right? He says, if you don't want it to happen, don't let it happen. If you don't want, to, if you yeah! don't want someone to, to show up or show out at the end, then don't get beat up. Don't get beat down by so many points. Don't play bad defense throughout the game, you know? And, and be more competitive and and that's the reality of it right and so to me it's not that big of a deal i think zion i love i love that fire that he brings and he doesn't need to apologize so enough with the enough with the sensitivity jun can you tell the audience if they didn't just in case they didn't know what cameron payne said about the dunk which led to like this drama <laughs> yeah so the quote is the game was pretty much over and they just kept playing. I felt like there was no sportsmanship and we don't really like that. We do the right thing. I feel like they should have done the right thing and they didn't. We didn't take that well and we don't like to lose either. The game was over, no shot clock. They can hold the ball. You know what I find funny about that? My host and my other my other two dudes here is that the keyword is sportsmanship, yet you have Devin Booker, who does the Luca game five mocking Luca? You have Chris Paul, which we'll talk about later, 
doing something to Jose Alvarado with his elbow. And then you have the you have Aiden that talks a lot of smack. If you want to talk about no sportsmanship, why is that the fans, other than the Suns fans, like the NBA fan base in general, they were kind of clowning on the Suns, right, fellas? Are we, is that like the temperament or like kind of like the the energy that you you sense from the fan bases everywhere that everyone does not like the Suns and have and how they've been acting? For yeah, sure. I, they seem like the most unlikable team. Sorry, Jun, go ahead. No, I was saying I I kind of feel that too, and I know like people probably in Phoenix would probably disagree with us, but in general, I saw this dunk like if it was just like. A nonchalant, like he's just laid it up there, just to like stat points, kind of like how Rudy Gobert did that. Did you guys see that? But like Rudy <laughs> yeah. Gobert called for the ball and he just that like laid cool, it though. up. It's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Zion Williamson did a 360 windmill, amazing freaking dunk. That dunk is wow. better than the past two dunk contests dunks. Yeah. Unfortunately, although, yes. al- although I will say that seeing Rudy Gobert try a 360 windmill dunk would be worth the price of admission <laughs> that's also true that's definitely true but like you know what i mean like the fact that he did it with such style and such ferocity i think nba fans are almost supporting zion in doing this am i wrong here no entertainment entertainment yeah thank you john that's why we watched the game to be entertained right and obviously to yeah. me zion williamson wants smoke he wants a rivalry between these two teams. Like it was intentional. And he even said it, right? Like Sammy said, he said, this is the team that eliminated us last year. And I didn't like that. I had to sit there and watch it. So this is how I'm doing it. I like it 100%. Um, yes. If I'm going to move on here, we're going to talk about Chris Paul and Jose Alvarado, the beef going between those two. So just a little bit of history, I guess in the past, like, Jose Alvarado tried to do that little like sneak from beh- behind thing. What do they call that? <laughs> Grand Theft Alvarado, that move? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Shout out Rockstar Games. <laughs> he tried to steal the ball. Chris Paul was like yelling at Alvarado, saying like, don't do that with me. You can't do that with me or whatever it was. Chris Paul like was given a flagrant one for like this kick that he did on Jose Alvarado in game five. Chris Paul, like, I guess habitually either says he doesn't know Jose Alvarado's name or mispronounces his name. He does this intentionally. And now on Friday's game, everyone has seen this like Chris Paul elbow to like Alvarado's throat. I want to ask you guys, is this one of the most entertaining like beefs we have between two players in the league right now? It's up there for sure. I I I get these flashbacks of the old school rivalries, right? And the first one that comes to mind more recently, but far back, is Kobe and, and Rasha Bell. <laughs> that mm. one was pretty entertaining. And and if you're looking at a, a talent discrepancy from that standpoint, I think it, it's similar, right? Chris Paul, despite what you say about him, I mean, he has such more achievements and accolades as a player than Jose Alvarado does. So I think that makes the rivalry, I don't know what you guys think about it, but I think it makes a rivalry so much more entertaining because the talent discrepancy is so large when it comes to basketball. And I think that's so much funnier, right? Like somebody who, it's like in school, you have somebody who's getting picked on 
but they're in terms of their stature, their popularity, and and whatever it may be, they're just they don't compare. What do you guys think? I love the rivalry. You know how when you're you have players that are relatively unlikable, but they're on your favorite team, you'll pretty much ignore it because it's your team, right? You wanted to see them succeed, but if and when they leave after the fact, you realize how unlikable they really are. Man, the Lob City Clippers in hindsight was just a real unlikable squad, and I loved them <laughs> at the time, and I appreciate everything like this. Even if it was a very mild level of success that they legitimized the team, but just looking at the personalities after the fact, like, no wonder everyone hated that team. <laughs> just, just looking at who was on it. Like, why are you getting into it with Jose Alvarado? Of, of all players, you've been in the league legitimately. Yeah. What's Chris Paul's been in the league, what, 15 years? And you're yeah. getting into it with this kid who's just doing his best, who's literally last year was just trying to make sure he kept his job. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. get into it with him about, like, come on, man. Like, you're you're a Hall of Famer, and, you know, if you fight with him too hard and yell at him too much, you might pull a hamstring or something at this point. Just let it go. Like, leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, it's a although, weird person for him to pick a fight with. Right? Although, they, you know what they say, there's no such thing as bad publicity. This so is he bad. is getting... Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, hey. I I like, you know, like when you have these legends playing with these new up-and-comers, I don't mind the legends kind of doing their thing to get into the opponent's head, like what KG did with all the rooks, especially uh, Joaquin Noah, right? Joaquin Noah hmm. told him that you suck when uh, he asked, when Noah said, uh, you're my role model type of thing. <laughs> What yes. what I can't roll with is uh, CP3 elbowing Jose Alvarado. Yeah, like that's you're you're a 38, 38, 39 year old player, and not only that, you're a representation through the players' union, and you're gonna be doing that. Did he elbow him in the shot, neck? Right? Dude, come on. It was a it was an elbow to the neck, right? Yeah, elbow yeah. to the neck or the like yeah. the jaw. Like, come on, man, you should know better, Chris. I'm, I'm gonna say I feel like Chris Paul has done this before it just was never caught like this like in super slow motion with them like zooming in on him I think Chris Paul is known to be kind of like a a sneaky physical player you mm -hmm. know what I mean but to me that moment what that meant to me and probably to Jose Alvarado is that he's living for he's living rent free yeah you know what I mean? Like, you're getting to him. And Jose Alvarado, like, his job is to be a pest. I mean, that's why he does that grand theft thing, right? Is to just be a pest on the court and he's doing it. It's successful. So He yeah. is. He has big props. To, and speaking of, of that move, can I, I want to ask you guys this. Because to me, it, it, it's baffling. How does he get away with that? And how does he? how is he so successful with that move <laughs> on a consistent basis? I mean, right, as a player... As, as you're inbounding the ball, the point guard or whoever's getting the ball, needs you need to know where your man is, right? You need to have that court awareness. I am, I just don't know how he gets away with it so often and how he's so successful at it. Please he share your thoughts. I think he makes it look like a part of his jog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's not, like, reaching out, like, too far to do it. I don't know if he does this on the treadmill, too, and just, like, kind of practices elbowing. I'm, I'm <laughs> completely joking, by the way. But he makes it look like a natural part of his jog, right? For for me, if I'm reading it, like, there's no excuse, John. I'm glad that you brought that up. But if I'm trying to think like an NBA player, these players are pretty confident. They're really cocky. 
they've ran up and down that court millions of times. And when you don't see a full court press, meaning that you see at least three people pressing, you're assuming that what? It's going to be a half court play. Right. Until you oh, see this I'm sorry. You, you were little... talking about the, the stealing. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the actual theft. Yeah, the yeah, grand yeah. theft Alvarado. I, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming those players are like, oh, I'm clear. They're not pressing. I don't see anyone else. You see this annoying little dude come up. I feel like he's like, I feel like he's illegally on that, on that, not on the court. Like he's on the sideline pretending he's a part of the bench or something. Because he gets, he he's so successful at it. I just don't know, man. But good, good for him. Good for him. He's making a name for himself. He's, he's like building a niche and, and he's being known for something. So again, got to do what you got to do, man. So. So we got to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans here. Um, they're number one in the West, and I think they've won the last like eight games or something like that. I forget. Um, but does Zion Williamson now have a legitimate MVP case now? What do you guys think? I think so, man. Like, let's let's just look at the stats right now. 25 a game, seven rebounds, four assists, 60% from the field, 35%, almost 36 from deep. Over a steal a game, and they're 18 and seven. They're in first place in the West. I mean, as good as Brandon Ingram is, and as good as the rest of that team is, Ingram's missed a bunch of time. He's he's the reason. He's the engine. I mean, even the last five: 30, 25, 29, 35, 35. Much respect to him, man. We he was maybe the biggest question mark of this whole season. When, when we started the year, no one knew. Remember that there was a big debate over whether he should have gotten that max contract from New Orleans. Yeah. And this is what he's doing so far. So, and knock on wood, I, I hope he plays 70, 75 games this year because this is fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see that he's fulfilling that potential. So I definitely think you got to put him minimum top four in that conversation right now. Definitely. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And I'm wondering if... Let's say, hypothetically, right, down the line, the season's coming to an end. The Pelicans and the Celtics, they're both the one seed, respectively, in the West and the East. And their win total is separated by a few games, handful of games. Who do you think would get the MVP in that situation, Zion or Tatum? Do you think the narrative fits Zion more, or do you think it fits Tatum more? This year, Tatum because he's already got a little more discussion because Boston made it last year. It's almost like it's his turn. That would be my thought. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll say Tatum. Um, Zion has had issues with his defense at the beginning of the year, but now he's holding it down. I don't think he's top three or four within the MVP candidate race, fellas. I'll say he's top five, though, because his team is in first place. And... The common MVP um, winner is usually on the best team, best player on best best team. What I do like about what Zion is doing is that his usage rate is down and he's shooting over 60%. So it's pretty cool. Like um, Zion's health has always been questioned and it's just awesome to see him play right now. I mean, for me, so, so Tatum has pretty much had, I guess, majority of his his help with him. Like if I'm talking about like Brown and Smart, 
I know they're missing Time Lord. But during this winning streak, Zion has been doing this without Brandon Ingram. Right? True. And here's here's his stats. I know Sammy went through some of them. But his last seven games, 35 and 8, 35 and 7, 29 and 10, 25 and 6, 30 and 15, 33 and 10, and 23 and 8. Like those are absolutely ridiculous numbers. Those are MVP numbers. And I think if Zion continues on this tear, I don't know if you could really deny the excitement that people would have in voting for a Zion Williamson. Like if you're going to overcome, I guess, stats that the Celtics would have with um, with Tatum, it would be a big splash like Zion. So I could see him overtaking it. Um, yeah, and, and I'll say this last thing. I mean, the Pelicans are, re- are really good. They're number one seed. And this is to all my non-Laker fans out there. Y'all better be rooting for the Lakers to win because if the Lakers get the number one pick, the Pelicans <laughs> oh, have a swap for Wemby, and the Pelicans are going to be a dynasty for like 10 years. And JJ, your Warriors, Sammy, your Clippers, June, bro, your Kings, Blazers, <laughs> and Warriors are going to be in trouble, including my Lakers. So you better, y'all better be rooting for the Lakers to win some games here. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yes, indeed. And that's going to take us to our next topic here. We're going to talk about the Warriors and the Celtics, who were in a finals, I guess, rematch during the regular season here. The Warriors ended up taking this 123-107. to and Everyone was really excited for this game, but the Warriors really handled business. And I guess my first question is here, is this the first sign of the Warriors kind of coming back to form, getting it all together again, and going on a nice back of the season stretch here? I'm what a big, think? big win. Yeah. Big win. Go. No, go, JJ, go. No, I want, I'll just say I it was want a big, the big non-Warrior win. fans to go. I would love to hear I'll it. make it quick. I'll make it quick. It was a big game. I mean, you can't... Everyone says, oh, it's just one game. It was just one game, but... It's marquee matchups like this and games that you mark on your calendar. I mean, this is a finals rematch, right? And not only that, it, it it's a it, to me, it's indicative of, well, the Warriors still have it, right? It's a matter of can they can they consistently play this way when it matters in the playoffs? Can they put up a stretch of games where they play defense consistently for 48 minutes and also share the ball and they look like the Warriors of last year, late in the season? Right. And to me, this game was that. It was a small sample size, of course, but it proves, at least to me, that they can still perform at a level that you need to perform at to win a championship. Yeah! Sammy, non other non-Warrior fan, what do you think? I agree that it was a huge win, and I think it's one they needed to show themselves that they, they still got it, for sure. Fair point. But... The one thing with them that's been so unusual for veteran team this year are their home road splits. 
12 and two at home, they're two and 11 away. They have a six game road trip coming up here. If they've started to turn it around, they need to at minimum split this thing, three and three. If they do that, they come home for, it looks like eight games and the eight game homestand has Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, like not exactly the who's who of the league. So if they can go three and three, four and two on this trip, then I actually think they will turn the corner and we're going to see a huge run. Oh. But if they go one and five on this road trip, then we're going to get this really unusual split continuing, which I don't think I've ever seen such a drastic change on a veteran team where they can't win on the road for some reason. So I thought it was a great win. I definitely think it shows that at their peak, they can play with anybody, but I want to see it on the road. That's where I'm at. So what do the Warriors fans think? What was your take on this game? It was a great win. The losses, if you like see how Kerr picks and chooses his rotations, he tends to pick, pick his spots, you know, like he'll play, he'll rest Steph, he'll rest Draymond, he'll rest Rick Wiggins, and Wiggins is out right now, and obviously he'll rest Clay. I, I thought, um, like John said, this was like a key mark game, primetime game. It was the first Saturday without college football. It was the only NBA game. And there was no NFL games. So the NBA circled this last Saturday as, all right, key matchup. Let's see what the Warriors and Celtics could both do with two days rest. And it was just what we just saw in June, fellas, which was the Warriors with that lockdown six, the foundational six, as Kerr likes to label them, which is without even without Wiggins, they were able to... Uh, pull the win and like June said you know Time Lord wasn't there Al Horford wasn't there but the Warriors didn't have their second best player in Wiggins who locked up Tatum during the finals so I'm sure we're going to talk about the Celtics right like, yeah what did everyone think about the Celtics because I know in the beginning of the year um, John had a few ideas for Jason Tatum what he should work on especially for his um, his inside game because he couldn't finish at the finals. Fellas, he was 4 for 12 in the key during that game. And he just looked like his mental state wasn't there. Yeah. What, what was your feel? Like, did you, did you guys see the same thing too? You know, d during the season, besides this game, I feel like Jason Tatum has improved. But it seems like the Warriors, it's like Tatum was seeing ghosts out there. Like people mm -hmm. guarding him who weren't really there. Maybe... He was imagining Andrew Wiggins just draped all over him. I don't know, man, but he definitely was not hitting it on the inside. And the Celtics is something that we should talk about right now because I think a week ago, we were all riding on them pretty high with this number one offense, the potential to have a number one defense. And now tonight, they lose against uh, Sammy's Los Angeles Clippers in a horrible fashion for the Celtics because they get beat down again today. And I think what we're wondering now is should we be concerned about the Celtics with these two losses back to back? Ask me tomorrow yeah, 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 when they ahead. play, when they play the Lakers. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Sammy, go ahead. Wow. Oh, they just, they have a chance to get right now. We'll see what they do against the Lakers. That is going to be a third and four nights game though. So the Lakers have a huge scheduling advantage in that game. So we'll see how they do with that. Then they get so the Lakers loss. Got it. Probably. Thanks, Sammy. Um, Thanks a lot, Sammy. No problem. I... That's what I'm here for. Take the, <laughs> take the Celtics to cover the spread. 
Uh, after that, <laughs> the Celtics get three days off, and then they get two back-to-back games in Boston against Orlando. Then they're home for Indiana and Minnesota before they have a game with Milwaukee. So they have a chance to get right here, and they've been so good this year that I wouldn't sound the alarm yet. If hmm. they lose tomorrow, then we do have to start talking a little bit about what's going on. Tatum again tonight, 35% from the floor. So was that just two bad matchups? Obviously, the Clippers had Kawhi and PG on them a lot tonight, so you can account for them that way. But is he a little tired early in the season? Is this just a short swoon? We'll see. Two games, I don't think it's a trend yet. We get to three or four, then I think we start talking. That's where I'm at. Yeah, if they lose to the Lakers tomorrow, cancel the season, Boston. The Your Celtics are going to lose it. They're going to miss the playoffs. Sound the yeah, sound the yeah. alarm. Sound the the sink is shimping. The sink is shimping. <laughs> Boss, the plane. No, okay. the The reality <laughs> here is like, Tate. I think Tatum. He just struggles with. So he's six eight, six seven, six eight at a, at the three position, and he's typically lankier and more athletic than the guys that are defending him usually on any given night. Mm-hmm. But with the Warriors, you have Wiggins, and then tonight with the Clippers, you have. Paul George, who's probably switching with Kawhi Leonard. I didn't watch the game, but you have these players who those are the type of defenders that are going to give Jason Tatum fits. So it's not really surprising to me that he's had two back-to-back rough shooting nights. Now tomorrow against the Lakers, we don't have a player like that. So I'm fairly confident that Jason Tatum is going to put up big numbers tomorrow. Now I don't know if the Celtics are going to win. I hope they lose, obviously. (laughs) But I I think you're going to see Tatum... Also, for the fact that he's probably angry that he's playing playing poorly these last two games, I think he's gonna have a big game tomorrow. But again, like with me, is there a cause of concern this early in the season? I know I already it's kind of contradicting to what I said about the Warriors with big game, one game into the regular season. But I think it's different for the Warriors because they've been struggling. For the Celtics, I just think they've been playing really well this year. That I think if we consistently see this, or if this is this is more of an uh. Uh oh, did we lose John? Yeah, we lost John. Okay. But JJ, what do you think? I'm gonna go against the grain, fellas. I'm just gonna do a hot take right now. I think it's time to worry about the Celtics. You know why? Ooh, it doesn't matter about the regular season. It matters about the playoffs, the postseason, and how they could perform at the key mark matchups. Even though the Warrior game was a a regular season game it was a prime time game where everyone was watching and you just saw the same kind of Celtics that they performed during the finals and I don't know if I'm willing to put in stock in the Celtics winning the championship this year my Celtic fans that are out there I know um, you've heard me I'm a supporter of Tatum he was my MVP pick but I am worried that the Celtics will be the Peyton Manning of the NBA. When regular season and when it comes to playoffs, you may not win a chip. They lost to the Clippers, which is arguably the most stacked team in the West and the defending champion, champions in the Warriors. Is this a hot take? That's my question. Or do you or what? Like, I, you know, I don't, I, know I don't think that's a hot take. I, I'm, I'm with you. And the reason why I'm with you is because I don't think the Celtics have had that that landmark game of like, I am here, we've arrived. They've had a nice stretch 
run during the regular season where they're putting up amazing stats and stuff like that. But I want to say that the game against the Milwaukee Bucks coming up on Christmas Day, I think that game should be a landmark game for them. They really need to win one of these big marquee games in order to boost their confidence. And I just feel like Tatum sort of like crumbled under the lights. It, am I am I off kilter here? Or what, what do you think, Sammy? I don't think you're off kilter. I get where you're coming from. I will say, though, if this was a team, since we talked about them earlier, if this was New Orleans with no playoff success at all, and their 18 and eight was like four games against Orlando and something like that, then I'd be in total agreement with you. Here, I'm partial only because at least we have seen this team gut it out and make the finals. So I, I do want to give them the respect where it lies there. I will say it does, I think it was John earlier was saying, or actually, no, it was one of you guys. Um, it's almost like they see ghosts when they're playing the Warriors. Yes. It yeah. does make me wonder, is there like a, a mental block? And I, to me, I agree with you that there's a landmark game. I think they need to beat the Warriors. Specifically. Yeah. Like that, that game in Boston, whenever it is, I'm trying to find it now. Whenever they have that rematch, if the Warriors beat them in Boston, I think psychologically that's it's a huge edge if they do meet in the finals again. January 19th is the next game against the Warriors. So, so it's pretty soon, actually, then, yeah. all things considered. It's not an end-of-the-season game. It's going to matter. Yeah. I want to see how they fire in that game and if they come out because you would imagine they're going to come out hyped. And looking at the schedule, thank you for pulling it up, by the way, they have three days between games when they go into that one. They're going to be rested and ready to go. If they come out and lay an egg in that game, then I'd say they have a block against this team uh, specifically. So partial agreement, but I think it's just as much about this specific opponent as it is yeah. their own confidence. I'll I'll counter you just for argument's sake. I'll give the Celtics their flowers, but the people who they beat, um, I know the East Coast bias out there will agree with me. They beat the Nets easily. Not, Im not impressive with Kyrie out the whole year. They beat... Uh, in game seven, right? Was it same games with the Bucks without Chris Middleton? Yes. And a mm, less yeah, talented Miami Heat, but Jimmy Butler almost putting their dagger into hearts with that three, that missed three. Yeah, that is true. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And also, I'm, like, how that's haterade though, right now. If if you are the Celtics, <laughs> right? How how does that not haunt you? Like. What did what did our friends at what's that website three sixty five or three whatever that is <laughs> that they had like an eighty six percent chance of winning the finals no! and they don't like they they have to feel some type of way when they do see the Warriors and I'm just waiting for them to get over that hump but you know what that's actually all we have for tonight's pod I want to thank you three for coming on I'm gonna thank John here because his power went out after he just slandered the Boston Celtics. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everyone. John, I hope you're okay. I hope uh, none of those Celtic fans got you in ransom right now. So. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. And, and John, don't don't try to oh, be nice man. by, you know, popping that Boston accent to get out of it. Oh, he's back, friends. He's back. <laughs> His power's All back right, on. John, thanks for being on, man. It's the end of the pod, bro. He froze. Oh.
He froze up and <laughs> see, this is what you get when you slander the Celtics. So friends, our it's Celtics like the, friends, we still think you're an amazing out. team. Power messes my speakers now and I can't hear anything. <laughs> you're all good, dude. But I want to thank, of course, RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube yeah, channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. John Lowe's Boston. Woo!